children are dismissed. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. There they go. All right. Thank you so much for your love and generosity. You're always so kind. Lord bless you. Good to see Brother Ed Blunt. There he is. Good to see Brother Ed Blunt and his wife. And Amen. I'll give them a hand. God bless you. Good to see you, sir. That man of God. It's always... If I just said Brother Blunt, then there's about 20 of them. So, um, brother, brother Ed Blunt. And so it's good to have that man of God and his wife with us. And Amen. Hallelujah. What a God we serve. Amen. And we are His representation on the earth. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to Psalm chapter 11, the 11th chapter in our Psalms, and we'll share from the Word of the Lord. God is so good. And again, thank you so much for your generous cards, your kind gifts. You're always such a loving people. Greatly appreciate it and um, just get blessed by it. Thank you and love. Thank God for you all. Thank God for you. This is Psalm of David. David says, in the Lord... I take refuge. How then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? Well, the response is, for look, look, the wicked bend their bows. They set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Or if the foundations be destroyed. David responds, verse 4, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on His heavenly throne. He observes the sons of men. He examines them. He tests them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked and those who love violence His soul hates. On the wicked He'll rain fiery coals. Burning sulfur, scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous. And He loves justice. And upright men. We'll see his face. I want to talk this morning a few minutes. Faith's response to fear's counsel. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege of being part of the family of God. Being able to gather with the redeemed and encourage one another and praise your holy name together. And then to open the bread of life and be fed and be nurtured and strengthened and edified. Speak to us today. Let our hearts and our faith be inspired. Let our minds be instructed. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. Faith's response to fear's counsel. It's difficult to determine the exact historical background of this psalm, but we know that David was in great difficulty. That we know. Around him, the archers are ready to shoot. Under him, the foundations of society were shaken. But whatever the crisis described in this psalm is, David stood his ground. He didn't flee his post. But he remained on duty, trusting in the Lord. And the Lord came through for him. Folks, the Lord will always come through for the righteous. Can you say amen? Amen. David responds to this fearful and demoralizing advice by simply confessing his confidence in the Lord. Even at a time when it seemed like the the wicked, um, his adversaries had the upper hand. But verse 1, we see David just confidently confessing his trust in the Lord. His response to his challenging circumstances that faced him. And the negative counsel that he was given. And he simply declares, in the Lord I take refuge. 
In the Lord, I will put my trust. That's the key to walking with God. Psalm 46, God is my refuge. God is my strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Moses reminded God's people in Deuteronomy, he said, the eternal Lord is your refuge and underneath your life are the everlasting arms that will hold you and keep you regardless of how the arrows fly in the earth shakes. A godly response to some fearful and Disheartening, alarming advice, verses 1 through 3. When this crisis arose, David's counselor said, flee, run for the hills. Um, sometimes we do feel like that, if we're honest. We've all seen the commercial, do you want to get away? And, uh, we've all been there once or twice. I know what I'm feeling, I know what others are saying, but I've got to stop in times like that and ask myself clear, but what is the Lord saying? What is the Lord's promise? For this situation. You see, David remains confident. Even when he's surrounded by the wicked. Receiving counsel from his advisors. You've got to watch who you take advice from. You've got to watch who you take advice from. Go to the rock. Look to the book. David's confidence, of course, is grounded in his many, many years of walking with God. His foundation is deeply settled and firm. In fact, he's, he's a bit surprised, he's a bit amazed at the lack of faith and confidence of those around him that are trying to speak into his life. But David had a secure faith. Because faith is that thing that deepens and develops. It gets more concrete. It gets more consistent as you walk with God. There is no substitute for walking with God. Through the good and the bad, through the mountaintops and the valley, in that time of faithfulness, the roots grow down deep. Young people, you have a great opportunity. Serve God from the earliest you can. You'll go through trials, you'll go through heartaches, but fix your eyes on Jesus. Stop, don't shrink back, don't run back. Be firm in your faith and you'll grow and you'll deepen and you'll develop as you walk with this God. Can you say amen? A godly response. With the faithful advice of his advisors still ringing in his ears, David replies, In the Lord I take refuge. How can you talk to me like a man that doesn't know God? How can you dare suggest that I should flee like one that doesn't know the true and the living God? Three simple thoughts from this first point. Number one, beware of listening to the wrong counsel. Beware of listening to the wrong counsel used to be that little song you'd sing in Sunday school, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Because what you hear will affect what you believe and how you think and how you behave. Be careful who you allow to receive and speak into your life. Blessed is the man that walketh not into the council of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight... Is in the law of the Lord. And in that law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree that's planted and that's fruitful. And even when times are hard, that leaf isn't withering. They're standing firmly on the Word of the living God. So be careful. Beware of listening to the wrong counsel. 
but be like David and put your trust in the Lord and declare your trust in the Lord and stand firm in your trust in the Lord. The Bible says they that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abideth forever. The Word of God tells us in Psalm 125 that when we trust in the Lord, we're likened to a mighty mountain that will be firm and steadfast and enduring. For when you choose to trust God, when you choose not to lean on your own understanding or give in to the fear of what you see or the emotion that you feel, but when you choose to trust in the Lord with all your heart, you are tapping into, you are connecting to the very omnipotence of the living God. Therefore, they that trust in the Lord is likened to a mighty mountain. There's a firmness in their life. There's a stability in their life. There's a steadfast strength that cannot be moved. Now we recognize in working out our lives, there are times when fleeing is, is, is the will of God. It's the wisdom, the course of action to take. Jesus separated Himself at times. And Paul certainly fled at time or two. And David at other times. But let's make sure before we run, Let's make sure we're in step with the Lord. Not just giving in to the fear, the frustration, the doubt, the discouragement. Flee temptation, not duty. Flee sin, but not responsibility. Verse 1, we see David's response. It's his confession of trust in the Lord. But secondly, we see some more advice from the counselors and advisors. Verse 2 begins with, for look, look, look. They're saying, but David, look, how can you talk like that? Look. And it suggests that these counselors are walking by sight, evaluating things from a purely human perspective. And you know, it's good. It's good to know the facts, of course. It's good to know the facts. But it's better to look at the facts in the light and through the lens of God's Word and God's promise and God's presence. True, the arrows might be flying. True, the foundations might be shaking. But faith is not that which denies facts. But faith in God can change some facts and bring us through those facts. It says of Abraham in Romans 8 that not denying the fact that his body was wasted, he was old, he was as good as that. He didn't deny the facts of reality, but he still would not be shaken from believing the promises of God that God was able to do all that he had promised to do. And so we look and we say, oh, God. I might be seeing things this way, but let me look at them through the lens of Your Word. I might be hearing this report, and my emotions might be screaming this thing, but oh God, what is Your Word for me in this situation? Because Your Word is a foundation unshakable. Your Word is an anchor unmovable. Your Word will hold me, and Your Word will keep me. Oh God, what are You saying in this time? In verse 3, the foundation, not just arrows. From the shadows, intrigue, deception, arrows are flying. And we don't know where they're coming from. If that wasn't bad enough, the foundations are shaking. Foundations are being destroyed. Verse 3, if the foundations are being destroyed, what should the righteous do? Now, if it's a worthy foundation, build it again for the glory of God. 
If it's a worthy foundation, roll up your sleeves, ask for forgiveness, get back in the race and build it again. Now, if it's something that needs to be buried, then let it lie. Forgetting what's behind. Don't try to resurrect something that God has spoken a benediction over. Can you say amen? You'll get that one later. If it's worthy, then remain faithful and obedient in the place where God has set you. And don't flee. And don't fail and don't give in to all that. But, but remain faithful. Remain. Remain obedient. And rebuild by the grace and the strength that God will give you if the foundations are destroyed. Don't run and don't give up. But stand firm. Remain faithful in the place of God's calling and rebuild with the strength that only God can give and allow the Lord to begin to restore that which has been damaged and help you to recover that which has been lost and help you to reclaim those things that hell said. We've stolen them, but oh, our God is a reviver, restorer. Oh, and the devil is a liar. Can you say amen? See, there are many here today, I believe, that could testify that there are some things in life that do crumble. There are some things in life that do collapse. But the God we serve, blessed be His name, the God we serve, He gives power to restore and grace to rebuild and the ability to reclaim blessings and victories that we thought were lost and gone forever. We are witnesses to this reality on a personal level. Foundations have crumbled. In lives, in your life, maybe in my life, in your lives, no understand that foundations crumble. Marriages crumble. Businesses crumble. People's health, people's ministries, finances. We're witnesses of that fact. But we've been knocked down, but thank God we didn't stay down. There are many here today. You'd be a liar to say the foundations don't get destroyed. It has happened. But you chose to look up to heaven and begin to rebuild with God's strength. You've been knocked down, but thank God you didn't stay down. And today you are rebuilding. You are reclaiming. You are responding to the call of God's grace to rise up and believe. And watch the healer of mended hearts and lives work in your life. We thank the Lord this morning, whoever you are, that Jesus Christ is the healer and restorer of broken lives. We thank the Lord this morning that though a life or a family or or a mind has been collapsed and crumbled by sin and by a world that's gone crazy, there is a God that loves mankind. There is a God that sent His Son that we could not only be forgiven, but have life and have it more abundantly. And know that thing called peace. And know that thing called joy. And know what it is to have a song in the morning and sweet rest in the night. Now let's expand to the bigger picture. Thank God, in the personal level, when foundations are destroyed, we can rebuild. And our God is a rebuilder and a restorer. But if we can expand it just a bit to society, to the church, to society, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? A fitting thought for this present hour. What shall we do? 
when laws are not upheld and when morality is undermined and evil sweeps on seemingly unchecked. What shall we do? When the Bible is ignored and His teachings disregarded and when even churches seem to bow to the rising tide of humanism or liberalism, secularism, what shall we do? When family values are crumbling and the force of humanism just sweeps forward defiling, damaging, deceiving, what shall we do? When it seems like things around us are falling and dividing, and it's frustrating, and it's fearful. Whether it's a national level, on a church level, what should the righteous do is the question. For the foundations are being assaulted. They are being attacked. So many different areas, you see it. The home, the church, many parts of the education system. Morality and marriage, society. Again, the question is, what should the righteous do? Verse 1 says, flee, refuse involvement, shrink back from responsibility. No, some would counsel every man for himself. Others would counsel, forget it, the problems are just too big. But that's not the counsel of the Lord. But that's not the instruction of the sacred scripture. When times are hard. When culture is in crisis, when it seems like society has lost its mind and a nation has lost its way and it's drifting to who knows where, what should the righteous or the saved, what should be their response? Well, the righteous, according to the Bible, should stand firm and speak loud. The righteous should dig in and speak up. Remain devoted and diligent and disciplined and dedicated to our Savior and to His call and His commission to keep on preaching His gospel. Keep on declaring His name. Keep on advancing in His commission. What are we to do to continue to serve our God and believe His book to be salt and light? Stars that are shining, ambassadors that are speaking. In such an hour as this, what should the righteous or the saved do? Most of us here this morning would say, well, I'm one of them, Pastor. I'm one of the righteous. I'm one of the saved. I believe that. Well, what should we do in times like this? Number one, how about that you make your calling and your election, sure. This is no time to be wondering if you're saved. Second Peter 1 and 10. Second Peter 1 and 10. And the Bible says, Therefore, my brothers, Peter's saying, Listen, church, I'm talking to those that call themselves believers. I want to make sure you are what you say you are. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager. Eager. I mean, that means be serious about this. Be more eager to make your calling and election sure. Somebody say sure. For if you do these things, you'll never fall. Make it sure. Make it. Sure. Are you sure? You see, it's very important that you be sure about your salvation. In the spiritually dark and deceptive days, in dangerous times where the arrows of deception are coming out of the darkness and doctrines are crazy, and it's more than just thinking you know it, it's living it. It's all. Have you been born again? 
Have you truly received Jesus Christ personally as your Savior? And are you living for Him publicly and consistent? Are you sure? Are you sure that heaven is your home and that when this earthly tabernacle takes its last breath, you'll see Jesus face to face? You see, the foundations are being assaulted and attacked, are being destroyed. And there's a lot of false assurances out there. There's a lot of false gospels that people are signing on to. So don't be casual. Be sure. Don't be wondering. Be sure. Don't, don't, don't be saying, I hope so. Be sure. Have the witness within and the evidence without. When the foundations are shaking and the arrows are flying. Number one, let's be sure that we are born again. That we're really saved. That we really receive Christ and have become new creatures. Not just religious. Not just know a pastor or two. Not just have a granny that prays for us. But know that we know that we know we're serving Him. We've received Him. We're walking with Him. Blessed be His name. Let's be sure that we're saved. But secondly, let's be involved. Let's be counted on. The foundations are being destroyed. The moral fabric is under attack. The lies of the enemy oh so subtle. And the wises of men are applauding immorality and wickedness. In such a time, be involved in the righteous cause. Be involved in lifting up the wonderful name of Jesus and declaring His gospel in every way that you can. Be involved, be involved. Put on the whole armor of God and report for duty. Hallelujah. But we know that evil triumphs when good men do nothing. And we live in a time when the enemy is stealing the harvest and he's uprooting the good seed and he's attacking foundations. And heaven is sending out this morning a call to service, a summons to participation. But Paul said, Ephesians 6, he said, put on the whole armor of God and take your stand. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on. The whole armor of God that you might be able to take your stand against the devil's schemes that are trying to uproot the foundations of righteousness and uproot the foundations of Bible believing and Bible preaching. What should the believer do? Make sure you're saved. Make sure you're contributing to the cause. Like like Dr. E.B. Hill used to say, all leaves are canceled. Time is too serious. We must find our place and use our life to be part of the solution, to serve the cause of Jesus Christ, to faithfully find my place in the battle line and give myself wholeheartedly to the Lord. There's a call to enlistment. There is a summons for involvement. We're called to put on the armor of God and lock arms with the family of God, and for those that are waging the battle of God. We're called to be dependable. We're called to be found at our post being diligent. We're called to put our hand to the plow and never look back. You see, in such a time as this, it's not enough just to curse the darkness. It's easy to curse the darkness. Many times, entire networks curse the darkness. But in such a time, the righteous must respond with, yes, a a defiance of sin. Yes, a defiance of falsehood. A defiance of injustice, of course. But more than that, there must be a determination. An unwavering determination. A diligence for Christ. 
and his cause to do his works and to do his will and to love the unlovely and to reach the lost and to feed the hungry and to help the hurting. Dr. Charles Swindoll writes about a time when he was in seminary and he says, I don't remember many of the speakers we had in the chapel classes in that day. But I'll never forget one soft-spoken man who addressed our temptation as ministerial candidates to simply carry out a profession. And as he looked across the audience of about 300 young theologians, he said, men, we don't have, we do not have a profession to practice. We have a debt to discharge. The realization of a debt owed to God for His mercy and the gift of His Son should motivate us in our duty. Can the church say amen? The foundations be destroyed. What should the righteous do? Good question, David. We should be sure. Ask your neighbor, are you sure? Are you sure? You won't go to heaven on grandma's salvation. You better be sure that you're right with God and living. Are you sure? This is nothing to... to, uh, to, 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 to this is too important. You better be sure. But then be involved. To be involved. This is no time to be slacking in involvement. Somebody needs you. Souls are in the balance. The battle is raging. And all of God's people have to do their part, whether it's driving a van or handing out the bulletin or Pouring the Kool-Aid for the, for the little ones or being faithful in the prayer meeting or teaching the class. But all God's people have to find their place of duty and discharge it faithfully. Be sure and be involved. And be a finisher. What do you mean be a, be a finisher? Keep believing. Verse 2 says arrows are flying. Verse 2 says that the enemy out of the shadows. It's deceptive. You don't always see it coming. That's why the disappointment hurts so much. That's why the betrayal was so crushing out of the shadows. Never saw it coming. They had no time to lift up a shield of faith, but oh, once it hit. Foundations are being destroyed. Satan shoots his arrows and he tries to get people discouraged and down and defeated. And he tries to destroy men's faith. Causing them to flee and forget, give up, go back. And maybe you're listening today and you've been hit. You didn't see it coming. It's shaken your confidence. It's affected your faith and your foundation. But my friend, listen clearly. Listen, listen, listen. You've come too far to turn back now. You've been through too much to throw it all away now. He that began a good work in you, He wants to finish that work, but you've got to keep believing and keep trusting and keep walking with Him. The saved must keep on believing. In these times of confusion, in these times where sometimes you look around and there used to be some that, 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 that would run to church and now they can't make it out if it's not a holiday. There used to be some that loved to serve and now they'd rather be apple picking than, than soul winning. Oh, in a day like today, it's in, important that we make sure we're going to be finishers. That we're going to keep on believing. 
that we're going to keep on contending for the faith. We're going to keep on striving for the mark and the prize of that high call. We're going to keep on holding firmly to the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Refuse to shrink back. Refuse to turn back from your faith in Jesus. From your faith in His Word. From your faith in the reality of heaven. Loved one, it shall be worth it all when you see Jesus. And if you're here today, and for whatever reason, your faith has taken a blow, you've been offended, you've been assaulted, you've been confused, you've been made angry. If you're here today, and for whatever reason, your faith has taken a blow, and your foundation has been wounded, it used to be strong, it used to be fresh, and now it's wounded. Heaven's call and heaven's counsel to you. Rise up if you've fallen. Return. If you've strayed, let God heal you if you've been hurt. Let Him restore your song and your strength and your service once again. And whatever happened, whatever the reason it was, keep believing and keep trusting and keep looking unto Jesus. And when that day comes that you're real close to breathing your last breath here and opening it up in eternity, let your witness and your testimony be, I have fought a good fight. I have finished. I have finished. I have finished my race, and I have kept and not denied the faith. Can you say amen? What's the righteous to do when foundations are being destroyed and there's a great falling away? Number one, make sure that you're sure. That you know you didn't just say it, you're living it. And make sure you're involved because someone needs you. Someone needs you. Someone needs your testimony. Someone needs your gift. Someone needs your effort. Make sure that you keep believing. You can look at those around you that have been walking with God 70, 80 years. And they'll be honest enough to say there were times we could have turned back if we had let it. There were situations that could have crumbled our faith if we let it. But we chose to keep believing. We chose to love Him even when we couldn't understand Him. We chose to keep trusting and serving even when we had to do it through broken hearts and teary eyes. Come on, say amen. A godly response to a fearful and alarming advice. But secondly, I want you to notice a godly observation to a discouraging situation or condition. A godly observation. Verses 4 through 6. Oh, this is beautiful. David's going to look beyond both his advisors and his enemies and look to the Lord. Watch your focus. If you're focusing on the wrong thing, oh my. Verse 4, verse 4. His advisor said, David, don't act so, so confident. Man, then run. Run for the hills. Run for the hills. The wicked are shooting. Can't see where it's coming from. Foundations of society. Things are coming unravel. Things are coming unglue. We don't know who to trust. We don't know where to turn. But David says, hey, 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 hey. The Lord is still in His holy temple. The Lord. He's still on His heavenly throne. He sees what's going on. Oh, yeah. And he'll deal with the wicked. And he'll take care of the righteous. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. David looks beyond both his advisors and his enemies. He looks to the Lord. He redirects their attention. He restores their focus. Verse 3, the question is, what can the righteous do? Verse 4, to whom shall the righteous look? The answer, of course, is to the Lord, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When the trial comes and the disappointment stings and things seem like they're coming undone, don't, don't get, don't get you know, deer in the headlights towards the problem. Lift up and see the Lord high lifted up. For Jesus is the only one to whom we can look when the foundations are shaken. He is the one to whom we must look if we are to stand in unsettling times. David's reply to the fearful and the doubtful He said, look, the Lord is still on His throne. His rule is still secure no matter what men are talking about or bragging about down here. And He sees what's happening. He will defend the righteous. and He will judge the wicked. Friend, when you feel like running away or giving up, remember God's throne is secure. And God's eye is always on the righteous. In verse 4, emphatically and repeatedly, the Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord is on His heavenly throne. I know you're saying here, I know you're giving all the reasons to give up and doubt and, and lying and angry, but the Lord, He's still ruling in righteousness. The Lord, He's still watching over and caring for the lives of His children. For the Lord is still ruling and the Lord is still reigning. And the Lord is rising up with power and compassion to minister to your need and to touch you in the place of your brokenness and to comfort you in the season of your struggle and to lift you up with the strength you never knew you had. Oh, thank God, Christian, fear not and fret not and flee not. For the Lord is. Hallelujah, the Lord is. The Lord is. Don't give in to that doubt. Don't give in to what you see in the world. It can defile you and confuse you. The Lord is. The Lord is faithful to His people. The Lord is dependable in time of trouble. The Lord is mighty to save and mighty to heal. The Lord is able to deliver. The Lord is able to defend. The Lord is able to carry His people through and make a way even when there seems to be no way. Hallelujah! God is, God is, the Lord is. Now, like some of these politicians, I see these commercials, my Lord, they drive me batty. Ready to throw the phone out the door, and I thank God I tape everything so I go through them. But uh, he don't vote, they don't show up. Oh, yeah? I got news for you, he's always on his throne. He's never an absentee God. He's a right now God. The Lord is, not he was, shall be, maybe one day. God is. He's your friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's your wonderful counselor in the time of your confusion. He'll be your healer when life strikes you. He'll be your friend when life runs out. The Lord is. The Lord is. The Lord is. Let the fools mock. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. So if you don't think there's a God, I'm not just telling you what God says about you. His commentary. I'm too sweet to say anything like that. God is. My Lord, you could run with that for a Till he takes, God is. Great I am. God is. What's your, God is. He's now. He's present. In the midst of his people. 
The Lord our God in the midst of thee is mighty. Faith has the ability to look beyond and see the Lord. Faith has the ability to redirect attention, to restore focus, to reply to the fearful. Job said, he knows the way I take. He knows the way I take. Some people around you don't always know, but he knows the way I take. And when he brings me through it, I'm coming forth as pure as gold. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. The Lord is. There is a place, child of God, that you can run to. There is a place that you can go. There is a place that you can call in your hour of struggle. There will be no busy signal. There will be no... Leave your name and number. We'll get back to you six months now for an appointment if you make it that long. There is no, 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 no. He's a God. Don't run to the mountain, but run to the throne. Don't flee to the mountain of your fears and frustrations. Flee to the throne of God's grace and God's mercy. For that door is always open and His heart is always warm and welcoming to His people. Bless His name. God sees and God examines. Verses 4, 3. God examines. He tests. The righteous improve. The wicked exposed and dealt with. God sees and God examines and God judges. I'm winding this down. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Did you love the Lord this morning? As the righteous, we're supposed to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. There are a lot of problems out there, but we're part of the, we're part of the answer. Number one, we talked about a godly response to fearful, alarming advice. Secondly, we talked about a godly observation to a discouraging situation. God's on the throne. God's still in control. He's going to be all right. But number three, a godly assurance concerning the final act. You know, there will be a final act. Look at verse 7 with me. Look at verse 7. The final act, final chapter. Godly observation. The Lord is righteous. And He loves justice. Someone says, man, it doesn't seem like it. Time is not yet. That's one of our frustrations. That's the righteous. There's so much injustice. Isn't that right? There's so much wickedness getting away with this and picking away with that. And in our righteous soul, it grieves us. Isn't that right? In our righteous soul, it grieves us. It has to grieve you. There's a godly grieving to see. And sometimes if we don't understand that, that, that God is, but everything's not yet, we say, Lord, how come? And it's time. And it's time. Rest in its time. He loves justice. Oh, yeah. An upright man will see his face. What a godly assurance concerning the final act that the wicked will be dealt with. There will be justice. Dream team might have got you off, but there is another judgment bar you will stand before. Whoever you are, whoever you are, whoever you are. <laughs> I got away with it. You don't get away with anything. Either it gets under the blood or you will, you will, you will, you will, you will. 
Because this God loves justice. So he'll deal with the. But now let's get back to us. What should the righteous do? Well, while we're here, we're making sure we're sure. While we're here, we're getting involved and we're participating. We're doing the work God's called us to do. And we're going to keep believing. Even when it's not easy, even when it hurts, we're going to believe and keep trusting. And we'll wait for that day, the final act, when we will come into his presence. And we will behold his face. And we will receive access and approval and reception from the living God himself. We'll be complete and final. We're waiting for that deliverance from adversity and deliverance from the pains of this world and a reception and approval and a communion, eternal communion with our God and with our King. I love that the Lord is right. He loves an upright man and the saved. See His face means you're going to have access with approval and acceptance. Oh, what a day that was. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I knew I wouldn't preach it, so I didn't even give him a PowerPoint to it. That's why they don't got it. But number three, a godly assurance concerning the final act. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Now listen. Couple, I got some questions. Pray. Final act. You'll fi- you be 18. Your final act can be tomorrow. That's true. That's right. You could be 18 and your final act could be tomorrow. No one's guaranteed. Are you sure? Not because Granny said you are, but you know you're saved. You've received Jesus Christ personally, and you're living for Him. That's the testimony. That's the you're living for Him publicly. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Because if you're not sure, make sure before you leave you're sure. That you come down and there's a prayer and a sincerity. And you're sure. Have you found your place? And are you serving faithfully? As believers that are sure, are we involved? Are we doing our part to carry out the cause of Christ? Various ways. Various means. You visit that nursing home in the name of Jesus. You play your banjo, whatever it is. You pick up the kids in the van, whatever it is. But are you doing your part? Because the foundations are under attack. And if the righteous don't do their part, the wicked will triumph in our generation. I'm not responsible for everyone else's generation, but our present time of life, we are responsible. So number one, if you're not sure when we begin to pray and open the altar, you come and get sure. You come and make sure. But the rest, let's search our hearts. Let's search our hearts to make sure. Oh, that's another question. You love God. I know you love God. Maybe you're here today and your foundation is taking a hit. Sometimes life can confuse us. God loves me. Why did I get this bad report? God loves me, and I know He loves me. Why did this person do that? I mean, it's, it's, it's the, those arrows flying out of the shadows. They come out, they don't make sense. It's easy to get offended with them because it confuses you. 
So if you're here today, maybe your foundation is taking a hit before you go. Just say, Lord, strengthen my foundation. Lord, Lord, take in some of the Holy Ghost cement and put it in that place that's been wounded and cracked because it hurt. And it's, um, it's caused me to struggle. It's caused me sometimes to waver. And help me, Lord. He ran out on me, and it's hard to trust now. Help me, Lord. I didn't expect it. I thought I'd always be healthy. I love you, and I pay my tithe. Why, why, why am I afflicted, Lord? Help me, Lord. Make sure your foundation. And then obviously, like we always do, if you need prayer, and we begin to sing, and the altar is open, if you need prayer, just come, and you can pray or stand, and someone will pray with you, and we'll believe God to touch you. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you so much, Lord. We love you so much, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Father God, we love you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that like David, we can have a confident faith. That we can trust you in the trying times of life. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of service. That we can be your ambassador. That we can be involved in your eternal work. That we can be part of the solution. Now, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that there's people here today and they're not sure. Lord, let this be the day. They meet with you in such a way that every doubt will be erased. Every resistance will be surrendered. And they'll know that they'll know. They pass from death unto life. They've been born from above. And their commitment and their faith is sure. And I pray, oh God, if anyone's here and their foundation's been hurt. Oh Lord, it's not always easy to walk in a fallen world. To go through disappointments. To endure attacks. And sometimes the enemy slips in, accusing, causing doubt and frustration. So, Lord, I pray for the righteous. I pray for the children of God, the sons and the daughters. If someone's here today and their foundation took a hit, it might have been a rough six months. And they just need a fresh touch of your strength. A fresh impartation of your comfort. To restore. To rebuild. That they might reclaim. Fathers, they respond with honesty and a humility. Touch them. Release your power, O God, and work sovereignly in them. Reach only what only you can reach. Touch what only you can touch. Father, in the name of Jesus, breathe your breath of life upon us. Let the wind blow upon the people of God. Father, answer the cries of your dear ones. Stretch forth your hand and heal the hurting. Refresh the weary and draw all men unto yourself. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Let's worship Him. If you need prayer, respond, respond, respond.